on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Was Mystery Men ahead of its time, a precursor to Amazon's The Boys? Is this Ben Stiller role one to remember or one to forget? What would Danny DeVito look like as the shoveler? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on guys? Welcome back to Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me this week, a man who's been known to turn into Mr. Furious, Brendan White, and his co-host of The Hungry Gamers, a woman who can rival the sass of any superhero, the one and only Miss Ally Hart. How are you guys doing? <laughs> doing good. <laughs> doing good, young sir. Yeah. I, I am known in the streets as uh, Mr. Furious, so just watch yourselves. If you see me hulking up or if you hit me with a shovel, there's going to be some trouble. Ooh, yeah. Especially in uh, online competition, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, if we're playing online, I am... Mr. Furious is probably an undersell <laughs> as far as how I get. Like, I'm, I'm Mr. Nuclear, uh, nuclear on, uh, in some online gaming circles, but I'm... Um, I'm working on I'm trying to get more zen. The older I get, the more zen I become. Rage taking over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, we are talking about Mystery Men. It's a movie that came up in our group chat a couple of weeks ago as we were discussing Comedy Rewind. It's not one that I probably thought I would get to, to be honest. Um, not because it's, it's not one that uh, I have fond memories of as a child or as a teenager, but... I don't know, for some reason I just didn't think enough people would know about it, and it's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a yeah. pretty cult, classic-y kind of thing, and I don't even know if you can call it that, because I, I just don't think this is on a lot of people's radar at all, but may, maybe I'm wrong, because it, it's taken me a long time in life to find people who, are, who could even talk about this with, and it se seems like you two are those people. <laughs> I don't know if that's a positive or a negative, but uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll certainly take it. I think we're just very, very accustomed to watching many different things. You know? yeah. We're yeah. we're people that will give anything a go, and and you need to you need to be open minded with with media. And yeah, it's it's a game. Oh, not a game. It's it's a film that, like, I was trying to think back to to when this movie came out, and I was having a really tough time thinking about like my first exposure and early memories to it. So. Mm. It's a good what? film, sometimes, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I did the rewatch last night, and yeah, like I'm not going to dive too deep right now, but it's not what I remember it to be. Mm. I guess is the way I could put it. It's very up and down. I think. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think that's a fair statement. And I think when you're younger, especially, you kind of ignore the down and focus more on the up. I don't know. <laughs> there's, some, there's some things that I'm sure like childhood me was laughing at and then adult me was still laughing at. So. Yeah. It's the farts, wasn't it? I, I agree that the things that I found funny back then were still funny, but then the things that maybe were a bit more of miss, I didn't notice so much back yeah, then. Yeah, true. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get all, into all of the, the judgment a bit later, but uh, Mystery Men, for people who don't know... I don't, I don't know why you'd be listening to this, but it is a superhero comedy. I want to say it's kind of ahead of its time in that sense, yeah. because superhero movies, obviously, you kind of think of the MCU, you know, that's kind of the explosion of them becoming popular, at least. But then you remember there was this whole slew of 90s uh, superhero movies, You've obviously the Batman movies, we had some Blade movies. Mm -hmm. 
and the Superman ones that were going on through mostly through the eighties, I guess. And this kind of pokes fun at some of that stuff and mm-hmm. brings in. I, w- I want to say it's almost like a precursor to the boys. Brendan, would you agree with that in the sense where it's it's set in a real world, but there's all this cheesy <laughs> stuff going on with um with the villains. And they don't quite get to the level of awareness that the boys has in setting it in like kind of our reality, but it's a bit closer than the rest of the superhero movies. Would you agree? Yeah, the the boys like, and that's that's littered through a lot of the notes I was typing last night as I watched this. The boys and the other one that came to mind to me as well was Kick Ass. Yes, which is okay, yep. another sort of similar tone, similar level of awareness and and realness that was sort of attached to that film, but. Yeah, the boys goes very much hand in hand, I think, with Mystery Men, e- even down to um, Captain Captain Amazing almost being mm. a, an eerie comparison to Homelander yeah. was sort of my vibe like, um, and feeling and, and one of my notes that I was like, in bold, I'm like, Homelander is Captain Amazing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it came out at a weird time, like it was bang smack in the middle of a heap of batman releases like we saw what batman forever 90 in 95 batman and robin in 97 and this came out in 99 but this movie for me it felt like as if those batman movies from the middle to late 90s had a baby with austin powers that's what this movie is like it was just this weird comparison with just the comedy and how it was shot and the costumes and the soundtrack you know, the disco boys as well, especially like it was just Austin Powers and Batman had a child. Yeah. Mystery Men is it. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I guess that's a good connection. I don't know for me, like especially watching it this time around, because full disclosure, I actually haven't seen the boys, but I knew enough about it mm. that I'm like, I'm pretty certain there's probably a connection here that people could make. But I definitely do think this movie was ahead of its time. It was pretty aware on like kind of a, making a statement on the superhero you know i guess this the small franchise the that was developing around the time obviously mm. it's to a bigger scale now but for back then if i think it was a bold move yeah and you can see like in the if you go into the development of the movie there's a, a bit of backstory there with uh you know based on i think it was a dark horse comic and mm-hmm different directors getting thrown in and pulled out of the project and it, it seems like something they were really trying hard to find the right tone and even as filming it was a bit of a struggle like each of the comedians in this film and there's a lot of them had their own thought on what the tone <laughs> should be uh, how serious it should be how satirical it should be how dry it should be and they were each kind of given like freedom to tweak their dialogue and their lines and add jokes and that kind of thing and i think that kind of shows through with kind of some of the inconsistency in the humor where some of it is just like puns and you know silly things like that and then some of it's very kind of dry and sarcastic and and quite clever and witty and i think there's a, a range there and depending on you know what you like i think it works at some times and doesn't work at other times yeah yeah, there was definitely some inconsistency exactly what the tone was because yeah. even like like some serious moments, it was kind of like it, the jump between a serious moment and then just a fart joke was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. So many fart jokes. So oh, yeah. many. 
and so many inconsistencies about the strength of those farts. Like one minute it's knocking people out cold, the next it's just like, like a really bad smell. Like, come on now. That's true to life, isn't it? <laughs> Depends on what you've been eating, right? Yeah. I would love to see now a written review from Brandon. Farts were too inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. Six out of ten. I, I even had a note in there about the spleen's pimples. I'm like, this this movie's been going on like over the spirit period of a few weeks now, and he's got the same pimples in the same spots. That would be gone by now. He'd have different pimples in different places. He's, he's like a dirty character. Like like I remember him yeah. being gross in appearance to me. Like even as a kid, like I understood that he was kind of gross. But like even seeing him now, I'm like, oh, his hair was like his hair was oily. His teeth were all rotten. Like he was just an overall gross character. It wasn't even just the farts. Yeah. It was he was and, a, and just a gross character. That's just Paul Rubens. Like I even was weirded out with Pee Wee Herman. Like I could not stand that <laughs> character. And it just translates to this where I just see him on screen. And one of my notes was like. Yeah. Get him off the screen. I yeah. can't stand the spleen. Can't stand Paul Rubens. Go away. I'm kind of Aww. with you. Like I never <clears throat> liked the spleen as a kid. He's grossed me out, and now it still grosses me out. I thought those I were warts on his face. Like I don't know. Like it's disgusting to look at. It, he, it, he's literally remember those odd bods cards. He's like yeah. a a humanized version of an odd bods card. Yeah, that's who yeah. the spleen is. Belongs so, in like our <clears throat> real monsters or something. Mm-hmm. I I rewatched this. Um, on Wednesday and I was actually showing my husband for the first time he'd never seen the movie he never heard oh I'm not sure if he never heard of it but he wasn't really familiar with it mm. so he actually sat down and bed to watch it and like he witnessed me every single time there was a fart I was giggling like a kid like so I don't mind the spleen actually we set the bar pretty high around here <laughs> yeah fart I mean, jokes that, are always funny there's some funny stuff like he has, it does have some moments of, of good dialogue and that kind of thing. But for me, my early memories of this, I think were kind of as like a Ben Stiller fan, like meet the parents and that kind of thing coming out just kind of after this. And he became a really big star, I guess. An all-star? Yeah, an all-star. I think <laughs> like, there's something about Mary was kind of his like big personal, like he was the star of that movie on his own. And he was able to probably become a leading man after that. And that these movies came out the same year. So this was probably filmed before that had quite taken off for him. So it was like for me, it was going back and watching this movie with him in it and getting a kick out of his character. Like I was all about Mr. Furious back then. I thought he was, I still think he's hilarious. Like the way that he thinks he's a superhero, but he's really just a guy who's angry. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's got no power at all. He's got no skill at all. It's, it's just funny of someone that has that kind of delusion. <laughs> That's but, wild because I can't stand him. He's the one character I hated. <laughs> That's funny as. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. Like It feels like he's channeling... Like It feels like watching a young Jerry Stiller. Like It's Frank Costanza in a trench coat is how Mr. Furious comes across to me. Like His little rage out, outbursts and his mannerisms and his yells and everything. All I kept thinking about was angry Frank Costanza in Seinfeld when I was mm. watching this. But yeah, you sort of forget that he was becoming a household name during yeah. this era. Yeah. And like the cast is no joke. Like there is a lot of heavy hitters in yeah. this in this film and it's it's a testament to everybody involved. Like sadly the director after this was pretty much never heard from again. Like he was cut from the, the, the well, film industry after this Kinkarusha or however you pronounce his surname. He's actually big in um, commercials. He'd done a yeah. lot of commercials and this was his first like 
major movie. And if you watch it knowing that, you're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of commercially kind of like angles, yeah. like a lot of times where people were speaking to the camera, like oh, how you experience in commercials. I hated that. And then that. after this, after this, he just went back to commercials. He I made think, a lot of popular commercials. I think Hank Azaria or Azaria had a comment in an interview about him saying, that he said during filming, like after this, I'm going back to commercials because I'm never, I never want to <laughs> oh, do this really? again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it was that tough. It was, it was pretty like, and like, I, like I said, like I actually really hated like Mr. Furious and like just still as like overall acting. Like he felt like he didn't like to me. He didn't feel present there. Like he didn't feel like he wanted to be there. And then <laughs> I read about it. Apparently, he wanted to leave. Apparently yeah, he, he tried asked to, get to out of it. yeah, he tried to get out of the contract. So I'm like, that makes sense then. That's why I feel like he doesn't want to be there because <laughs> he doesn't. That's funny. It's 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 interesting because I yeah I love that character and the way that he's like always trying to come up with like a a cool line or a catchphrase <laughs> and he and he just never quite hits the mark. <laughs> like, I, I I don't need a compass to tell me which way yeah. the wind glows or yeah. even like you will keep dreaming, you will keep dreaming, my friend. <laughs> And when you wake up, you better hope that you're asleep. Like, I, I just always, <laughs> I just love that. That's just so dumb. But yeah, yeah he, he was one of the people that was kind of asked to rewrite and direct the movie. And oh. he decided it looked like too much work. So he said no. And then Janine Garofalo, uh, who he was friends with through, I think, the Ben Stiller show that he did, like a sketch show. And she mm. convinced him to come in and, and play a role. So... I guess he got stuck with it, but um, yeah, you, you can see here the movie, like I took this line direct from Wiki because I thought it was good. It says, despite its list of stars, Mystery Men made a little over 33 million worldwide against the $68 million budget. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty cheap, I guess, by today's standards to, to film it, especially with that kind of cast and the, the special effects are pretty bad. Like we, we <clears> might get to that later, but you can see that it, it wouldn't have been a super expensive film. The, the sets were kind of interesting at times. I think they, they actually use some of the Batman Forever oh, you locations. Oh, yeah. And you can 100%. definitely feel those vibes. Um, and yeah, like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's got that all over it. Yeah, well, like, that's what, to me, gave away the time period was mm. just, like, the overall scenery... Like, there was just that, like you said, like, the Batman, like, vibe. Like, you, you felt like this is very, like, that time point. But then the CG in it, I'm actually going to say, for the time period, it's not too bad. Um, there was a lot of shots where I was like, yeah, it's not bad. But then, like, reading up that it kind of came out the same year as Matrix, I was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Putting it on a comparison. Yeah. So. I mean, the Matrix was a, way ahead of... of- the curve i guess with some of that stuff yeah. so it's, it's a bit hard to compare but anyway we'll get into the category so rotten tomatoes do you have guesses for where this sits i'd, I'd be saying around 60 50 61 good oh! guess ali you yeah there's some that. of us out there that appreciate it yeah i mean uh, it's a bit higher than i would have expected to be honest i wouldn't yeah, have thought too. it was fresh at all but I guess the critics appreciated the, sat the satire and it was, yeah, as you said, Brendan, in the wake of Austin Powers, so maybe there was a bit more appreciation for, for movies poking fun at some of the uh, genres that were considered kind of cheesy by critics back then and I'm guessing mm. superhero movies would probably fit into that. Yeah, 61. 
yeah I, I guess as you said i think i think you nailed it like people are probably more open and forgiving because it was it was one of the biggest mainstreamy comic crossovers i guess for the time really wasn't it and one mm. that sort of just embedded itself in a bit more realness even though it was dumb for the most part of the two-hour runtime like <laughs> I guess the message that it was trying to convey is nice. You know, you don't need yeah. to really have superpowers to be a superhero. Yeah. You can be an, an everyman and still make a difference. That's That was one thing I took out of it. Like, you know what? This is kind of cool for kids to watch because these people are just average Joes uh, trying to make a difference. Yeah, that's cool. I, I do appreciate that. And I think I appreciated that as a kid too. Uh, number one song when the movie released. So full, full disclosure, it came out in... 2000 in australia because things got delayed a lot back then especially if it wasn't like a big blockbuster which this was not um so we'll start off with the american release and the billboard charts in kind of like august 1999 any guesses christina aguilera genie in a bottle (laughs) ali i'm just guessing all-star (laughs) all-star uh it was genie in a bottle did you look that up brendan I saw this when I was doing um, uh, Hungry Game Show research yeah. the other day because I've got I'm looking at Billboard charts all the time nice. for that, and I saw that in there, and I remember it was like number one for like a month and a half or two months or something. It was was a heavy hitter back then. That's the first time anyone's ever was guessed it. it. Uh, I don't know if we count it, but uh, I'll give you the point anyway. Since uh, I'll take I'll take Wait, half. We can a point win out. points now. <clears throat> nah, yeah, Brendan's winning the comedy rewind. Yes, it's a collective. I got the like... closest to the fresh tomato. <laughs> I should uh, I should go back and and give points for that too. Okay, you're both on one point. So yeah, <laughs> let's turn <laughs> this into wins. A, let's turn this into a contest. Uh, you might be able to win another point here with uh, the Australian number one aria tune in. Ooh. I think it was January of. Or February of two thousand. Two thousand. That's tough. Can can we request a clue? Uh, it involves a color. Is it yellow by Coldplay? It is not. That's your guess, Ali. <laughs> Good guess though. I'm trying to think because I thought that that meant they had to be an Australian artist if it was. No. Oh, no? it's going to be that party starter by Pink, isn't it? No, no. That's two Damn. guesses for Brendan. <laughs> is um, Eiffel 65 blue? It is Eiffel 65 blue da ba D. Good pull. <laughs> yeah. Good pull. You cannot see the furious fist pumping that's going on. <laughs> yes. Ali is now on two points. So you got a, you got some room to make up, Brendan. I don't know how it's okay. going to happen, but I'll see if I can find a way to, to get you on. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> in in true Hungry Game Show style, I'm just handing out bonus points left, right, and center. That's how we roll. <laughs> mm-hmm. What have you done for me lately? We've got a long cast here, so we might rock through most of them. But Ben Stiller, uh, he's been exec producing a ton of stuff lately. H- hasn't really done a movie, like a lead role, since I think the second Zoolander movie in like 2016. Does that really? sound right? Can it you sounds think about right. I yeah. can't remember seeing him yeah. in anything else recently. Hmm. Yeah, so he's just living that producer life and enjoying it quite a lot. Like, he's been producing since he was, you know, first becoming a thing. Like, I think he wrote, directed, and produced Cable Guy, for example, which we might get to on this podcast eventually. Uh, William H. Macy. I don't know about you guys, but I love Shameless, and he is so great on that show. 
hell of an actor hell of an actor and yeah great show big yeah. big shout out to Shameless how do you feel about uh, Jurassic Park 3 Brendan yeah let's not talk about that <laughs> I've um I've recently been uh, sort of I set up an account on Letterboxd and so I've gone gone through and starting to review all the movies that I've watched and whatnot. And I did all the Jurassic Park movies the other day and I think I gave three or two and a half stars out of five Ooh. on there. So yeah, like it's it's cool that we see some Spinosaurus actually number three, but the plot, yeah. Wim Hates Macy, Taylor Leone, getting Sam Neill back for just a dumpster fire of a movie. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> H. Macy's just an amazing actor, I think. And I always loved his performance in this movie. He kind of, yeah. I think he kind of holds the the team together in some ways. Yeah. Uh, Hank Azaria, obviously, he's still working on The Simpsons. Can probably say mm. that till the end of time. He's also got a live action series called Brockmire, which is, I think, still running or maybe just recently finished. I've Have heard you, of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never seen it, but I, I don't know about him in live action. Like he was in. Um, Godzilla. Godzilla, yeah, and I, I can't really think of too much the else. Birdcage, yes, yes, okay, yeah, that was, yeah, he is funny, and there's a lot of like you can hear him pulling out the Simpsons voices in this movie, so much, especially mm. Frank, uh, Jeffrey Rush. Obviously, we have to give a little oh. bit of shout out to the to the Aussie in this movie. <laughs> Major he, shout out, he yeah, was fantastic in this. I loved him. It's such a bizarre character, Casanova <laughs> Frankenstein. Like, it makes no sense in so many ways. Um, yeah. The name is just super villainous. Uh, and I've read that this was his first Hollywood movie, but it was after Shakespeare in Love, so I'm not sure if it... Oh. Maybe it was just filmed before that. Maybe. But he had been kind of a big name, I think, through maybe it was like theatre and Australian productions, but... Enough that I think he was one of the reasons that Janine Garofalo wanted to, to work on this. But mm. lately, he's done a Storm Boy movie, which I haven't seen, but based on the Colin Teeley novel. <laughs> Brendan's shaking his head. The the original one I, I had to like analyze back at school was good, but they didn't need to remake that yeah. or make a goddamn video game of it too. But anyway. Yeah, the video game. <laughs> uh, and uh, other than that, he's been involved in quite a, a bit of legal battle with uh, some Me Too business. And um, I think he's like just trying to sue the newspapers that, that wrote about it. And I think yeah, he actually, I think messy. that got closed out a few weeks ago and he like he won. Yeah. If yeah. I remember right. Okay. It, it did sound like he was doing a bit of dodgy with that. So keep that in but mind. as you Present day Jeffrey Rush <laughs> now looks like Casanova yeah. Frankenstein. Like, I don't know if I you've seen, seen him recently. He, no. he looks like the character from this movie. The nails, oh. fingernails. And the crazy hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With the little uh, bun in the back, the little ponytail thing going on. Oh, that was bizarre. It Top was knots bizarre, before they were cool, I guess. I wonder yeah. how he feels about this movie now. <laughs> oh, I'd love to know. I'd yeah. love to know. There's a lot of actors that some of them embrace some of these kind of styles of films that they get involved with. Others yeah. just want to forget. Yeah. Uh, Janine Garofalo, Broad City. She's uh, been involved with for a few seasons and she's done a little bit of work on BoJack Horseman in voice acting. I think we should talk about her a little bit here. Where is she on your radar? Like, Have you guys followed her much at all? Because, I mean, I have this, this feeling and Ali, I'm interested what you think of this. You might find it deeply offensive. But I feel like she's kind of the precursor to Aubrey Plaza in, in her vibe in the 90s. Well, you'd be happy to know. 
that I actually adored her in this movie and being a young girl growing up and seeing this badass chick with like the black eyeliner and just being super cool. I just admired her so much. (laughs) But she's like appeared in other things as well. And every time she's appeared, like, yeah, she, I guess she kind of gets typecasted as this really cool kind of like rock and grungy kind of woman that just doesn't give a she's smoking drinking and i've just like you know i appreciate any character that's like that so yeah reality was she in reality bites she was in reality bites yeah yeah well i'm glad that i kind of hit the nail on the head with that one oh yeah Yeah. i am predictable yeah (laughs) uh greg kinnear i love greg kinnear i don't know about you guys but uh his performance in this movie is fantastic um, I'm not sure what he's, he's he's done a lot of movies lately like he's never really stopped working but nothing that really jumps out to me he was in House of Cards I think after Kevin Spacey kind of left was it was he the replacement yeah yeah, yeah. and then um, like Little Miss Sunshine I remember him in uh, some voice work he's done as well but outside of that he's always just been sort of a bit of a just a sort of bit part for the most part hasn't he he's just always been off off the side in, in a lot of movies like he's done a lot of yeah. a lot of film but I yeah I feel he bad he's one of those actors that you're like oh yeah but I wouldn't be able to tell you his name yeah. what he's been in but you're like oh yeah I know this person I've seen them before yeah that's how I feel I guess he's a I guess he's a character actor in that sense I feel like he's kind of a bit maybe like one step above character actor but yeah he just doesn't seem to get those lead roles in big movies maybe mm. Uh, Kel Mitchell, aka Kel of Kenan and Kel, mm-hmm. he has also not stopped working. He's recently done something called Game Shakers that I have never heard of, and I found this interesting. He's he's got a small role in the upcoming Animaniacs uh, reboot. <laughs> God, so, yeah, super. He's a super nineties guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good Burger. Yeah, I, 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 I remember him most from Good Burger. I had no idea, like, about both these characters. I guess I wasn't growing up with a mm. Foxtel or cable. I didn't know about, like, Good Burger. Good Burger was, an, I mean, Keenan and Kel was the Nickelodeon series, mm. and I never watched that, but uh, I did see the Good Burger movie that they made, and it was probably bad, but I liked it as a kid. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of things. Uh, and lastly, Paul Rubens, uh, we've already talked about uh the spleen but he's apparently been doing a bit of voice work and stuff he was i've never heard of this but you guys might know dc's legends of tomorrow ali anything oh i think i saw that when i was like on dc universe the other night yeah Um, yeah so that's a recent thing he plays a character that i'm not sure how to pronounce it looks like dybuk or dybuk d-y-double-b-u-k he's like a flame he's like a fiery kind of like human torchy kind of looking guy interesting okay then anyway that's uh, that's what these guys have been up to, and that takes us straight into what is the most '90s moment of Mystery Men. <sighs> this this I mean, was tough. Yeah, I, I feel this... like on top of what we've just been saying, it's the cast for me. Like, yeah, a lot, a lot of people who were either coming into their own, like Ben Stiller and William H Macy, kind of made their names in the '90s. Uh, Jeffrey Rush first came about in the '90s, uh, but. Then you have people like Kel Mitchell, who has probably only really had success in the 90s. And yeah, I I don't know. I think that for me was like, you wouldn't have a cast like this in any other decade. That's for sure. Yeah, I I had it as the cast as a whole, but then an honorable mention to Hank Azaria because this was, you know, peak Simpsons fandom. Mm -hmm. Like the Simpsons were 
just about the biggest thing on 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 the screen through the oh. 90s and then the the birdcage was a pretty big film and then yeah godzilla which was also a pretty big film and then um and then mystery men not so big a film so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And, and i even like i looked i was looking at the fashion i was looking at the the time period and no. yeah because it because because it's sort of set in that like it's it's gotham city with a rename like it's champion city so they've ripped mm. the gotham sign down and just slapped champion up there like it's in this sort of pseudo modern slash 60s 70s sort of yeah. fusion yeah. um but yeah the cast for me was the most 90s thing all the fart jokes, a lot of fart jokes. I thought, you know, that was that was pretty peak nineties as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I always like accounted for some of the jokes to it kind of being a family friendly movie. Like it was this. This is like it was meant to be a family movie. I saw it as a kid, so. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the nineties thing. I'm going back to the CG where I was impressed but like it was clear that it was you know pretty dated cg effects you know mm. so like even with like the warping of like the heads and everything oh. like that when yeah. <laughs> it was like, and like, it was pretty oh. freaky looking too yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially like when it. you see captain amazing dead and he's like he's melting his eyes just hanging it's out like of his face out, like, yeah like it's not too bad i was like i don't know why but that specific scene always made me like it made me think of casper and so casper related cg as well so yeah, right. yeah i don't Shout know like Devin I, sour I yeah <sighs> yeah i mean there's there's a very 90s vibe just throughout like as far as those superhero movies go the batman vibes and the mm. music and the campiness <coughs> it was before i guess hollywood realized that people would like a bit more of a grounded hollywood uh superhero movie you know spider-man came out just after this like a year after this no and not that, not that Spider-Man was like super, super grounded and edgy and gritty. I think Blade probably did that a, a bit better <laughs> in some ways. But, Very edgy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was full with the camp, like especially in the villains. You've got obviously Red Eyes. <laughs> red Eyes, That was Artie. Yeah, Artie Lang. <laughs> but like, why, why have they got why have they got these red eyes? And he walks in and like, where are the red eyes? <laughs> it was very like, <laughs> oh, cake! I love cake. Yeah, it was very like, like fist in there. It they reminded me. Like, it reminded me of like henchmen in like video games where they're like, where'd he go? He's gotta come out sometime. You know that kind of <laughs> yeah. kind of thing you still get in some Spider-Man video games and that kind of thing. So. The disco boys, like the scene where they're going through all the different like gangs and you have like the the rappers, the frat boys, and it's just this... so like, what is going on here? I love Shout out. This I don't know like, if you guys oh. picked up on that, but Michael Bay is the yeah. leader of the frat boys. <laughs> the Brewskis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like I'm gonna say I love I absolutely love it when like gangs have a theme. Like a la war the Warriors, you know? Like yeah. I love gangs that have like really thick themes that they stick to, like disco boys and the, what were they called? The Susies for some reason? So they're kind of like painted face, like, you know, greaser, like kind of like oriental uh, yeah. kind of group. And like the frat boys, for whatever reason, like they don't make sense. But I just no. love when they stick to a theme, yeah. and like I, I love it. I liked when the the mystery men called them out when they first went to Casanova's house and like, what do you guys got guns for? Shouldn't you have like gold chains or whatever else if you're the yeah. disco boys? Like, you know, stay on brand. Yeah, he's like yeah. spray painting a, a pipe gold. Like that's yeah. just off yeah. the top of my head. <laughs> uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there wasn't much that 
updated it to the 90s there was a payphone here and there but um as far as technology but yeah the, the vibe more than anything and, and the style of the actual film itself uh most iconic scene i found this one kind of hard there's a couple that i wrote down before i'd even watched it and then kind of watching it through i was a little underwhelmed and they're probably not really iconic but maybe they are to us so what did you guys have my most iconic scene was seeing poor Craig the T-Rex getting run over and then uh, ripped in half by the shoveler when he pulls into the driveway. Oh, I'm yeah. like, no, purple dinosaur. Why did he rip its head off? I, it's like, <clears throat> did he think he was going to get it out from under the tire? I think he did. Maybe. It felt very unlike the shoveler because he was so pure of heart all the time and yet mm-hmm. he just didn't care about his kids' toys. Like He just <laughs> ripped the head off. And that was well, it. They... Like He never gave the head to the, to the kid or anything. That was just the scene. Like, I'm just yeah. like, this is a bit weird. I remember he did get sassy about sharing his son's uh, baseball yeah. chess plays. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, it's the mine catches, too. I the bought it. Armor. <laughs> uh, well, that's not, I don't think that's a good sign if that's your most iconic. But what did you have, yeah. Ali? <laughs> so I actually had two iconic scenes. Like, it's if anyone tells me about this movie, the two that come to mind is uh, the first one's the tunnel scene where they finally, you know, kind of established uh, yeah. themselves as a crew and they've actually stumbled upon, um, you know, Casanova's limousine and then they actually attack him and that was them, like, working as a team and, you know, sending, like, you know, a message to him, you know. It was, like, a very iconic scene to me. Like, it's one that I definitely think about and it's one of time where they don't do much but they feel, like, so successful. Like, yeah. Especially I, Mr. Furious. Like, his, yeah. his scene where he's jumping on the, on the limo <laughs> I just, I was like, oh, this is painful to watch. <laughs> Get off my screen, moment. Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so funny. Like, he's punching the roof and it's like, you're not doing anything, man, but I'm glad you feel like you're doing something. <laughs> yeah. I just trying to rip the deck, like the deck hole off the um, car. And oh, yeah, the car badge. Yeah. <laughs> and so see, and then, and then the spleen drops a big fart right into the car, like... Um, you know, Dutch oven these people, and they're all fine. None of them get knocked out. They're all just like, oh, that's that's a bit unpleasant. I'm like, come yeah. on now. No one has super strength smelling. Uh, Blue Raja, like his final move is scratching a fork. Or, <laughs> like yeah. it's such a such an edgy move. Uh, I love it. Yeah, it's fun. It's definitely funny. But um, yeah. yeah, what was your other one, Ali? Um, the tryouts, the yep. heroes tryout scenes. Um, a lot of people in that a lot of like quick moments as well like mm. that like i really appreciate like um the guy in the big cloak comes over and they're like oh you know he's got he's mysterious and he goes i am ballerina man <laughs> <laughs> he's got a t- tutu on he starts doing like pretty good like ballerina moves i must say yeah. um and then there's the pms avenger and she goes i only work like four days a month she's Hope the that's best all right. yeah Her, and then the, like that's the dane great. cook waffler cameo oh, yeah. Yeah, tank cook, like, another 90s movie yeah i love pencil head oh, son son of, son i son am of. son of it we erase crime yeah yeah i had that too like the auditions i, I Found, always found that quite funny and shows you how like messed up and weird this world is that there's just all uh-huh. these people with costumes ready to go at the drop of a hat as long as someone throws a barbecue and a pool party there are some yeah. weird ones too like that you don't see them doing their their sort of uh tryout but just off the side like there was like yeah. you know fetish people and people acting as animals and in leathers someone dressed and, as an egg yeah there were some bizarre ones off off center yeah yeah, that, that was one of the two that I had. The other was the training with the Sphinx 
when yeah. they're in the bush and they're all learning how to like use their powers properly and and just the way that Mr. Furious kind of like sees through his shtick and he, he's just like he Actually, just keeps yeah. saying the same thing like reversing it around like some kind of fake yoda <laughs> you remind me that's the one thing i have to give credit to uh, mr furious is there's a lot of times where he's right but no one believes him like when he yeah. kind of points out that lance is captain yes. amazing yeah and everyone's it. like oh not this again and he's right <laughs> he's 100 yeah. percent right how could he be captain amazing because he wouldn't be able to see because yeah. he doesn't have glasses, <laughs> <The> glasses. <laughs> <laughs> that's a gag that holds up to me like i, yeah. I love that like it's so good and um, the way that it's subtly, kind of subtly done where they're in the room and he's strapped down and the shovel is holding up the two oh. like rings to like put yeah. them over his eyes. And he's like, I'm just going to ask you, uh, do you know Lance, whatever his name is? And Lance like, Hunt. Yeah, Lance Hunt. He's, and he says, yeah, it's me. Just kidding. So I don't know. Is he Lance Hunt? Because they, they kind of hint that he's not in that scene. I like I thought about that but I just think he thinks Captain like Captain Amazing thinks he's going to get out of that situation so he doesn't want to give up his you know Yeah right. But I yeah. think he's a hunter. I think he is Lance. Okay. Especially when he's reading the message. Yeah. Yeah, the shopping you know. the shopping list. <laughs> the shopping list. <laughs> and and that's a big thi- like that's a big swerve for for superhero movies is to kill off the the main guy really like he is the the stalwart you know he's the yeah the corporate shill mind mm. you but he's the one that the, the, the kids embody and, and idolize and everything else and they they kill him off uh, i thought that was a bit of a big big play for this movie yeah he, yeah. he is kind of a villain though because he oh, re- yeah. releases the villain just so he can get some good publicity yeah so, yeah not not too much of a loss i guess um yeah and, and it's, he's an interesting character just in that he is a hero and he's ending all this crime waves but he's doing it for selfish reasons. So therefore, is he like how much of a hero is he really? Mm. Um, so I, I kind of mentioned that gag of you know Lance and is he Captain Amazing as something that holds up well. There's a lot of lines that are still very funny. We've m- mentioned a few, and we'll probably <clears throat> reference a few more as we get through. So I won't just sit here and quote them. But what did you guys have for, for holding up the best? I, I think what I mentioned at the start, the film's overall message. Uh, you know you don't have to have superpowers to be a superhero like the quote from the shovel where he's like we're not the favorites we're the other guys we're the guys nobody ever bets on you know i think i think that's relatable and that's universal no matter what time period you're from or how in the far in the future you watch this movie so that's sort of what i thought held up the best was that the heart to this movie there was behind the fart jokes and the dumb (laughs) fight scenes and whatever else there was some heart and some nice honesty and rawness and realness in there. And that's mm. that's what I took away from it. The speech yeah. with, with the egg salad is pretty, pretty fantastic too. Like, oh, yeah. Or am I, I going to eat this eat egg salad? This egg salad. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh. Um, I, I wrote how self-aware the movie was. Um, I think that really just holds up. And um, I, I even love that scene, like how... Um, Casanova and Captain Amazing, they like you know he's just blown up the um, asylum. Captain, he he even expects him like you know, so he's sitting there having a drink, waiting for Captain Amazing to come in, mm. and then they just have this like friendly banter. Like it's like 
it's like a love story which a lot of superhero and like you know villains have like it's yeah. an underlining Batman like, and relationship. the Joker and stuff like that yeah. exactly right <clears throat> so just having that really aware moment where he's like oh you know it's nice to see you blah 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 oh by the way can you take off this and then take off that and, then, yeah. and he's like oh we know each other you know but then I just I just did love how like aware the movie was and yeah it's it, it's it was pretty bold for the time so yeah I, I agree with that it's it's um I, I guess Casanova's aware that he's the one that got him out of the, the oh, yeah. psych ward and everything and there's like a mutual respect despite trying to kill each other well yeah he knows because he even says Lance yeah, yeah. He says, it's good to see you Lance yeah. so even he knows <laughs> Yeah, and I, I mean the cast. I think the cast holds up really well. Obviously, a lot of these people oh, have yeah. gone, gone on to do some really big stuff, especially Jeffrey Rush, Ben Stiller, H Macy. Uh, Greg Kinnear's worked in a lot of good things over the years. So, points for that. Uh, what holds up the worst? My thing that held up the worst. Uh, uh, sorry, the best was the lines. What holds up the worst? Some of the other lines. <laughs> yeah. I think there's just some jokes that don't work so well or they're just kind of like, like eye-rolly. Um, I won't name them again, but Brendan, you seem to agree. <laughs> um, I'm in similar. Like I, I wrote down a few of them, but yeah, some of the dialogue was just tough and like really cringeworthy. And I know, I know they tried to, I guess, go down that path purposely at times as well, but... Yeah, a few of them were just like, oh, really? You're saying that? Or like, oh, we really sort of making this type of joke? Um, I don't know. It's it's tough. The movie in general for me sort of didn't really hold up <laughs> as far as from, from front to back. Like, it's a bit of a long... Like, it's two hours. It's like, too it long, is, yeah. It is a hard slog. I watched it last night and I'm sitting there looking at my watch a few times and I'm like, man, is this going to be over yet? Like... It's the yeah. first, like, 40 minutes is really slow. Like, up until they get the gang all together, like, it's just a very long-winded kind of introduction. So, the pacing, yeah. it kind of throws the pacing out a bit, I think. Yeah. I, I think overall, the pacing, there were a lot of times where they felt like a lot of dead spots where maybe stuff was happening, but it just, it felt like it could be skipped. Like, there was just a lot of, like, pacing issues where I think, yeah, like, there was a lot of times where it felt like unnecessary dialogue, unnecessary jokes. Um, my, what my thing that didn't hold up the best was actually, I wrote Ben Stiller's acting. Because, like, it was to be, he was just so off-putting in this movie for me. I, I had anything to do with the spleen, so I was in similar <laughs> situations. <laughs> But then, then other parts, like just the way it was shot, like you could see where he is down the the um, the advertisement route. Like some of the camera angles were just so bizarre, and just the the the, the point of view cuts um, when they were sort of jumping between the shoveler and his wife, and just the really tight headshots, and then the the inconsistencies in some of the shooting as well. Like there's the part just before the the big coming out party in the tunnel with the mystery men smacking up the limo but they've got the scene where jeffrey rush and the the disco boys are in there talking and they're like it's shot they're already in the tunnel you can see the lights like and then it cuts outside and they're just outside cruising along the streets so things like that were a little bit jarring for me where it was inconsistent from scene to scene as far as how the, the lighting and how it was 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 um you know broadcast on the screen so just little nitpicky stuff and then obviously the cgi was 
it was pretty rough at times. Like I know it was the back end of the nineties, so you got to take that with a a grain of salt. But yeah, it was it was pretty tough, and you could see like anytime they were blowing up a building, you could tell it was just like this one to one hundred scale little little toy house that they blew up and used like the same shot over and over. And I was like, oh, come on now. Yeah, I agree with that. The the time where like the tornado like throws the spleen up in the air, like that looked really bad. Yeah, that yeah. was as you said with Casper before. That was pure Casper vibes. <laughs> that was Casper. I, I think there was, yeah, there was definitely some pacing issues and scenes that could have cut. Like they they went to Tom Waits's like Heller's weapons lab twice because the first time they went there without Mister Furious, so it kind of lengthened out what could have been, you know, drawn into just one scene. And then, like, the whole... Even though there's that great line, like, Hey, Dad, I'm going into my bedroom with three strange men. They, they <laughs> that <could've> was just, <laughs> great. <laughs> they, they could have just held the audition themselves and have the Invisible Boy be the first person or the last person to come through or the, in between him and the bowler or something. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, they could have cut some, but, you know, it's just... Yeah, I... Because they had to have the Invisible Boy as the guy that had the connections. Like, he knew people that wanted to be superheroes. Did they have to, I, though? Couldn't they just yeah, put an I, ad in the newspaper I, or something, you know? Yeah, I don't think that he was the, like... And then they had to do his, like, you know, does he have a superpower? Like, he's, you know, like, I, they had I, to have that little touching moment. I think yeah. they confirmed he has two superpowers because apparently he's hung like a horse as well. So, uh, <laughs> you know, invisible horse boy. Like, yeah, only person in the movie with an actual power i think is that right yeah, yeah pretty much. kind of the others kind of have some like heightened abilities you know mm. th- throwing <laughs> cutlery and throwing a bowling ball that's possessed like that's not necessarily a power but like anybody could throw that bowling ball in essence right because the ball has all the powers exactly, like she's yeah. just hoiking it <laughs> yeah yeah but- maybe it only works for her because you know it's her dad I, I guess and she can communicate with the ball too so maybe yes. maybe it's this symbiotic <laughs> relationship it holds up there you go yeah. all right um so who would be most offended i'm not sure there's much to this but for me there was one thing where i was like hey hang on a second <laughs> the end of the movie after interviewing the uh you know the heroes including the bowler the female reporter straight up says to the camera who are these mystery men and i'm like hang on one of them is clearly a woman and she's a very important part of the team. Are you just going to like gloss over that? What did you think of that, Ali? Um, I'm sorry to be a female on the podcast to actually bring this up, but they're actually pretty shit towards women in this movie. Um, you don't need to so, apologize. So the, the woman that's introduced to the group, the bowler, she's badass. She's got something that's pretty significant, but like almost instantly... They make her a sexual object, especially to the spleen. He like yeah, comments right. that she's very attractive. He's always trying to crack onto her. And then even with her position and role in the group, it's her dad. Her dad is the power. She's just carrying him, like, you know, and like even with the success at the end, like they they're able to save the city because the bowling ball breaks up the whole machine and even she says yes dad uh, we all understand you're the one that did it you did you had the power kind of thing so i kind of just always felt like like her character was you know she's just carrying the bag really isn't she like- exactly she's the woman carrying a bag um <laughs> and then the only female gang 
Uh, we could the furries. <laughs> yeah, they were like they were just the fembots from Austin Powers. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. They yeah, the Austin Power vibes is exactly what I got. But they were already wearing like little dresses, and they were being cute. Like they were very suggestive to all the boys. It was almost like they were, you know, flirtatious like you know characters. But then the way that they get defeated is their clothes get made really super tiny <laughs> and then like yeah. you know and then the you know ben stiller's character insinuates that he's got a boner from it and then the other part was the two female characters at the um you know the the, the tryouts they both dress up like wonder woman and then so they had to have a cat fight and like you know it shows all the guys like mm. like hanging around going oh and it's like <laughs> wow female characters in this like movie were kind of just you know just there to They're be there, you yeah. know yeah what did you think so. of monica the the waitress because I, I felt like she was she kind of had a, an important role and i think originally she was meant to have a bit more of a, a role in the kind of conclusion of the movie and she kind of just became like the princess peach being kidnapped but damsel in but, distress yeah, yeah before that she was kind of crucial in like seeing through the bullcrap with uh, mr furious and and not being impressed by his attempts to to be impressive so yeah what did you think of her role unfortunately she just always came across as a bitch <laughs> because like i understand what her like her role was like yeah she was there to tell him like be you first and then like you know obviously once you figure out who you are then you can probably you know really shine and show your power like you know what you are inside but it just she came across as a bitch and then she just came across as hypocritical at the end like i don't know i i didn't really i didn't feel like her character was enough to be there to exist yeah it felt kind of again like not super necessary i guess i mean mm. it gives mr furious a bit of an arc and he does kind of come around at the end and he's like playing down everything and he's you know he's he's not bragging to the cameras he just kind of want, wants to get out of there uh so i i guess that is there but for her to exist just to give him some development is kind of lazy writing yeah. i guess and that's it's, to be honest pretty typical for the era i guess yeah i mean yeah the, there's always like a love interest is in there that has to be saved so all right uh anything to add brendan <laughs> not really i think you guys <clears throat> wrapped that up with a nice bow on it pretty perfectly i think uh it was interesting she was sort of like the the female sphinx for mr furious you know he didn't buy into all his nonsense but she was able to to yeah, tell him everything he needed to hear to to become his best self even though he was what was it phoenix dark i think phoenix was the dark. fake name dirk dark <laughs> yeah like that when she's like what's your name and, and obviously then eventually tells her his name's roy but yeah it's just it was just needed as a as yeah that sort of yeah princess peach damsel in distress that they that they have to chuck into just about every one of these superhero inspired films and also, television shows what happened to the psychiatrist no oh, as, as in jeffrey rush's sort of offsider yeah like i don't know <laughs> i love that all it happened? took was for her to be like yeah i think he's fine he's he's clear and everyone else at the board's like uh, yeah. what what do you mean and like you know, it's lance pretty easy to get out oh, of an no, asylum lance says it's okay or captain amazing says it's okay oh i guess it's okay then yeah. Yeah. They, they don't vet the note he's like i got this letter from captain amazing and he reads it out and they're like oh yeah that's gospel that's truth <laughs> yep all right uh, <laughs> you're you, you deemed sane that's that's how these things work. I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. There's no psychological evaluation. 
okay, yeah. I mean, that you're right in that scene. Like, does that really add anything having a damsel in distress for the climax of the movie? Slight emotional, not really to it. But I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I just feel like the bond between them as a group, like supporting each other. I feel like they could have gone that angle about wanting to mm. be better for yourself, not just for yourself, but also for your friends and support yeah. each other to, you know, rise to the occasion. I can't remember the exact line she says where <clears throat> Casanova sort of got her around the throat and she's just like, you know, he's too strong. Get out of here and save yourself. But it was so like mailed in the line. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Does Mystery Men pass the internet relevancy test? No, it does not. <laughs> Technically, it does. Because of in All a Star? Sense. Yes. It's kind of sad that the song that was made for the movie yeah. got its second like happening because of Shrek, which now All Star is a meme. Yeah. But it it's, it got made for this movie. I don't know if it got made for the movie, but like well, it was the soundtrack, like the yeah. official video clip for it was this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. like but it, it yeah, it was the main song for the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, and yeah, it was Used it, used in a kind of a weird way though as well. Like they played it for about four seconds the first time, and then, and then at, at the end, yeah, and, and, then, at the, and then at the credits, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can see I can see the loose breadcrumbs there to connect it, but outside of that, no way. Like I sort of I even sort of just jumped on Twitter and searched like mystery men just in the GIF search, and there's just nothing that pops up. Like I can't think of anything that I've seen used in conversation, whether it be GIF, meme, or whatever else in between. Um, so I'm gonna say no. But I've there was some good, some good yeah. zingers, some good one-liners in there. But yeah, nothing that I've seen used in conversation. I've used a couple. I think I've used like rage taking over, where he's standing <laughs> on top of the the limo, and then there's please don't correct me. It sickens me. Um, <laughs> you kind of have to search like Mr. Furious for those to come up. So yeah, it's not something that's gonna be used a lot. And it's not something that pops up. Even with All Star, I think the connection to that is so much tied towards it's, Shrek yeah. that it doesn't really get points for that. I mean, it, it gets half a, a point maybe. I'm giving out points everywhere today. Two gets, and a half points. It gets, <laughs> yeah, it gets half a point for um, being where that started. It, you know, it wouldn't have. Yeah, Smash Mouth can maybe be the, the judge on that whether it would have existed without this movie I, i'm sure it was just part of their regular album and not like specially written Fun, funnily movie. enough they had the album finished and the studio said they needed to write more songs and it was one of the last ones they wrote so it was okay. one of like the final three it wasn't even like their lead track for that album so there yeah. you go it was a banger it was it, a banger it was before it that and it was walking on the sun was like their first song and but yeah. then all star just went Pow! And can't get enough of you, baby. Oh God, that song. Oh yeah. That was that used was in like, like a, in a teen movie a 90s, too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, teen movie. Yeah. Was it in Ten Things I Hate About You? I should know this because I just watched it. But I feel like it's a dancing scene. Like she's all that or something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm I don't, I don't find out. Can't think off the top of my head. It's around there. I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. What would be the difference in this movie if it had smartphones and social media? I, I feel think, like it would just be the boys. <laughs> yeah, that, but also just little things would have saved a lot of time. Like you mentioned regarding the Invisible Boy being the conduit to the, the superhero underground. You could have just mm -hmm. jumped on, on <laughs> Craigslist or, you know, there'd be Facebook groups with all these people that would just be chatting on the daily. So I could see that the vetting process and knowing who's who in the zoo would have, would have saved a lot of time. 
uh, probably they would have confirmed to uh, Lance and uh, Captain Amazing's <laughs> likeness where they could have confirmed like yeah. and even something like they would have had LASIK eye surgery back then, right? Couldn't they have just sort of said, oh, he's had, he's had you know laser eye surgery done and that's why he doesn't need his glasses. But anyway, or contact I mean, lenses. They existed I, back then. I said like if social media had existed, someone would have caught out Captain America, uh, Captain America, whoopsie, Captain <clears throat> Amazing on, you know, some of his bullshit because we saw yeah. him. Like even when he was getting interviewed, he pushed a kid, like, you know, like, and the other thing. I and a wheelchair. Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, got the yeah, photo with the wheelchair guy and then just wheeled him off. Threw him off, off. yeah. <laughs> But the other thing is, is that without, you know, with the mystery men, like you would assume that if like, you know, everyone's trying to be a hero, there'd be like, like viral videos maybe of Mm. like, you know, people being heroes. So I feel like they would have this aspect where they're trying to get their fame. So they'd probably be like social media fame and having like viral videos, but it's them failing and, you know, having that kind of element. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think that segs into... Could you make it today? What would the 2020 version be? I think you could definitely make it today. I think it would be a much better movie today. Oh, yeah. It would maybe be difficult to capture kind of the... Like, it's, it wouldn't be as original now because it's obviously been done not only in this movie but with the boys and Kick-Ass, as Brendan mentioned, it's a really good comparison of kind of, you know, just regular people stepping up to, to be vigilantes against... Uh, the injustices so yeah i think you could definitely make it um, i think it could work a lot better with the tone that we've discovered works so well in superhero movies what do you guys reckon as we've talked about i think it is indirectly getting made through things like the boys like the boys especially like homelander and captain amazing a pretty pretty eerily similar and just the little things they do like you know the the corporations owning the superheroes which in essence is what's happening with captain amazing you know he's got sponsors from from armpit to elbow uh mm-hmm. as far as you know pepsi and tooth toothbrushes and whatever else like he lost the pepsi sponsorship but he still had it on his on his arm didn't he? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but um yeah, yeah so i think i think we see head nods uh, or at least sort of comparisons between Mystery Men and The Boys. Obviously, The Boys is a lot darker and a lot more of a, of a serious tone, a lot more hyper-violent and things like that. But there is some eerie comparisons and parallels between those two. And then, yeah, with, with Kick-Ass as far as just normal people trying to do good for society, powers or not, you know? They're just out there fighting the good fight and, yeah, trying to show yeah. that not all heroes wear capes, as they say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just reading my notes for this section and I wrote better writing, make it darker, more violent with dark humor. And then I wrote dot, dot, dot. Is this the boys? Yes, it is the boys. You <laughs> still yes. need to, you need to go watch it. Damn it. It's I so know, good. I'm sorry. I will watch it. I will watch it now. She's working through it. She's on her way. A quick little bit of useless trivia. So Danny DeVito was originally slated to direct this and star as the shoveler. What do you think that would have looked like? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> that would have been tough. Amazing. A little shoveler? <laughs> it would Yeah, I, I would have liked to see what that looks like. As good as William H. Macy is, I've just the curiosity is, is too much for me not to, to wonder what that would look like. I think he yeah. needs to have a different character. I don't know if like I can't see anyone else but Macy is the shoveler and he's just so homely and mm. he, that's just his character. Like I can't picture um, Danny DeVito talking about that egg salad sandwich. Like, if it was Danny DeVito, he'd just eat that egg salad sandwich and go, stick it up your bum. Like, <laughs> Can I trouble you an egg sandwich yeah. in this troubling time? 
he could be the trash man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Eating garbage. That's his power. I could see him play a supervillain. Like he could have been one of the the heads of one of the bosses, like one of the groups or gangs. I think he could fit in with something mm. like that. I mean, yeah, like we've, a penguin. We've seen that. <laughs> Moving on, it's time for the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi. A real spark plug. There's a few people here, and none of them really blew me away. You've got Artie Lang as the leader of the Red Eyes. Apparently his, his mum and his sister called him up after his scene had finished at the theatre and said, can we go home now? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like, are you still in this after, after that scene? <laughs> um, so I thought that was a funny little story. Eddie Izzard is a comedian that was pretty big back then, I think. He's like the lead kind of henchman for Casanova Frankenstein. Yeah, he's Tony P. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is not dead. (laughs) Uh, And Tom Waits uh, as Hella is an interesting casting. And he's probably the front runner for me. I don't know. What what did you guys think? None of these guys really blew me away. I... No, you didn't like Tom. I thought he was great, especially when they meet him at the start and he's like, yeah. oh, I don't live here. I'm here for the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ew. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, he, he was funny. Um, apparently, he like wrote lines on his hands and that's why he kept like doing these weird mannerisms with his oh. fingers and stuff. He was like reading the, the dialogue. I, I just thought it was good that we got like, especially got him in something kind of like quirky and a bit off, you know, off the beaten path, mm. like this movie. And I, I liked his character. Like it, I felt like the character was significant and, you know, I, non-lethal weapons, you know, like. Yeah, everything's non-lethal. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Like if you, if the tornado picks someone up and drops them on their head from 20 feet, I don't know how that's non-lethal. But. Yeah, like the, the shrink ray, like the clothes get that tight, it you know, suffocates or strangles someone to death. Like there's some holes in his, in his methodology there with his non-lethal weapons. Uh, he's well-intentioned. Did you have any other nominees to throw out there? Like the, the lady that's working at the scrapyard or something? Oh, those, those scenes it. with her when she's like, scrap it. And after all that, like, they, he comes in there, makes himself a coffee, and then he just leaves it. I'm like, Ben, what are you doing? He doesn't seem like what a very good, like, employee, He's to be honest. He's a horrible employee. He's late. He threatens his boss, works for what seems like only 20 minutes, and then pisses off. Yeah, he, he rips the ladder off the side of that thing, opens the and window vents, and then goes, it. oh, see ya. They, he steals from them as well. Can't ride so a motorbike either. <laughs> that scene and like was so peak nineties when like they make like the the real panic screams when he's on the motorbike. He's like and he's screaming because it's fishtailing everywhere. Hmm. Uh. What about Dane Cook? Does he deserve any any shout outs? I, I don't like shouting out Dane Cook I don't in general. Want to out <laughs> I know, but we have to look at this objectively. Uh, the Waffle Man, like yeah, the waffler. the waffler. You know, does he get any respect? I, I think he can get a, like a slight hat tip because okay. yeah, he 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 deserves a little bit of a shout. Right. Um, Are we giving it to Tom Waits then? Yeah, I'd, I'd give it All to right. Tom Waits. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to the shoveler's son. He was really cute too. I believe I in you, Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Don't and encourage him. And we, and we don't even know if his wife and kids left at the end. Like, you know, when he goes out on the last mission, she's like, yeah. I'm not going to be here. Like, I'm done. I'm out. And he's I like... Think... No, they're watching on the TV. So she stayed. Oh, did they? Yeah. He goes, yeah. that's my daddy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Cute Unless that was at kid. a hotel. <laughs> like, it, it, it might have been. But I think she, I think she would have come home when she realizes that, oh, it, it was all worth it. And he was right after all. Shout out think- to how crazy her hair looked at the the superhero meetup 
when it's like she must have had her hair out of rollers and it's just like i was impressed that was good styling it was really nice (laughs) yeah she was she was sassy i enjoyed her yeah i felt bad for her actually yeah because it became pretty clear that the shoveler maybe didn't have a job I thought he was like a shoveler by trade as well. Yeah, I <laughs> think he worked in the mines. Oh. Um, <laughs> he had all the I know, then he wouldn't have had any time to be a superhero. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's the conflict there. Anyway, we're to the point now where we say, is it still a good movie? And I'm going to say, I don't know. I, I think it's too long. I think it's funny in parts. I think it's really clever in parts. But then I'm also with... <laughs> With the, some of the jokes and the way that it's filmed, I'm just—it's hard for me to think that I could recommend it to someone that's never seen it. And I know Ali, obviously, with your husband checking it out and not feeling it from the sounds of it, it's—it's. It's, what do you think? He—he he was really good, like, cause he likes comic books and everything uh-huh. as well. Like, he—he he saw the potential in it. Like, right. he saw what we've kind of mentioned. But yeah, I think he kind of—it it was a bit too you know far out for him to actually fully enjoy so um i am like with you i probably wouldn't recommend it to someone to watch i enjoyed my second viewing of it like i actually really enjoyed watching it again yeah you watched um, it twice this week i should throw yeah, out I there did. really <laughs> i did yeah Dedicated. i watched it yeah i watched it once on uh, wednesday and then i watched it again um actually i watched it again this morning so <laughs> yeah Brendan's shaking his head like, how is this possible? Yeah, like I watched it last night and as I mentioned, like I was looking at my phone on my watch repeatedly trying to work out how much this movie had to run left in the in the, in the the two hours, so... Well, my second viewing, there was a bit of fast forwarding, but... Okay, okay. yeah. Yeah, so I, you- I, I don't think it's a good movie. It's an okay movie, but it's like, you know, if we're going out of the five stars, it's like a two maybe for me yeah i'd go two and a half i think if you have nostalgia for it it's probably worth a rewatch just to to, for some of those jokes that are still really fun uh and some of those yeah lines that you have probably been rolling rattling through your brain over the last 20 years (laughs) we've got a blind date with destiny and it looks like she's ordered the lobster (laughs) i'm like (laughs) righto (laughs) i love the sphinx like the the stupid like if you do not master your rage your rage will become your master like that kind of that, that kind of like faux philosophy always yeah yeah that was very funny but nah not not a good movie it was all right it's hard to say it's good but it's it's fine and if, if you liked it back then it, you might enjoy it now but you'll see a, the flaws yeah yeah definitely <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll give it some acknowledgement and respect though that it was ahead of its time i guess mm-hmm. with what it was trying to do yeah i think if you're a fan of the burton batman movies and the 90s movies and that kind of thing and you if you go back and watch them it might be fun to go back and watch this and, and see something that's satirizing something that that you really love it's obviously um not on par with with movies that hold up from that era as far as a lot of the once we've done on this podcast (laughs) but i I don't know it's probably more around that kind of basketball thing where like if you liked it back then you'll probably still enjoy it now but it's it's hard to think (laughs) that someone might like it for the first time the other comedy rewind i was on i'm seeing a pattern for myself (laughs) i know i had both of you guys here for austin powers so i think we both we all recommended that one yeah anyway that's uh that's mystery man 
shout out to shout out to Ben Stiller. I love Mr. Furious, even if Ali doesn't. Nope. But, uh, <laughs> it's just young Frank Costanza. Yeah, yeah. Rest, rest in peace, uh, Jerry Stiller. And, of course, let us know what you think on the socials. Where can people catch you, Brendan? Uh, find me everywhere at Brendan8bit, or if you want to play Fall Guys, at Bren8bit on the PlayStation 4. <laughs> you might get a taste of Mr. Furious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ali? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Miss Ali Hart. And you can catch me at Jono himself. You can find these guys every week on the Hungry Gamers podcast. Brendan and I have just done, or, and Benny have just released the Ghost of Tsushima spoiler cast on the same feed as of recording this. It will be probably a week ago by the time you're hearing it, but go check that out if you want to hear our full review and spoiler cast discussion the first 50 minutes is spoiler free if you want to support the podcast of course you can do that with the podcast reviews itunes podchaser wherever you get your audio goodness and the 8-bit collective is always in need of a bit of extra support through the patreon so head over there to show us your love and uh, put a little little bit of coin in these pockets is there anything else you guys wanted to plug while you're here no, I think I think you've done a, a perfect yep. job covering everything that we got going on. Bit of merch. Starve, yeah. 8bit.net. Yeah, oh, yep. Yeah. Shop 8bit.net if you want to get some tasty merch. Yeah. T-shirts, hoodies, caps, beanies, mm. underwear, socks, you name it. It is it is the one-stop shop for all things uh, 8-bit and probably the best geek and gaming culture merch in the land, if I do say so myself. Very good. And I will give my announcement here. It's the first time I've talked about it on a podcast, but there will be a PAX panel I'm hosting for PAX Australia, PAX Online in September. We're going to have a special putting in work episode, two titans of voice acting industry, especially in video games. So it'll be great to talk to them about how their performances have brought some iconic characters to life. Can't wait for that one. Yeah, coming in in September. So stay tuned for that. And uh, until next episode, dear listeners, thank you for joining us on Comedy Rewind. Be kind.